Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Stephen McCoy, and you are listening and watching Sessions with Stephen. And today we have writer, director, and producer, Mark Evans. How are you? Good, Stephen. How you doing? I am doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me. Amazing. Um, you're here to talk about your documentary, The Glamour and the Squalor, uh, which is about the rise and fall of DJ Marco Collins. Um, can you speak to us about it? Yeah, so Marco, um, first and foremost, he's just a music lover, maybe the world's biggest music fan. And what he loves doing is introducing people to new music. And he kind of made his name in the early 1990s. Um, he was on a radio station in Seattle called 107.7 The End. And in 1991, he was the first to play a lot of uh, music that ended up becoming very, very popular and changing the world. Bands like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Weezer and Beck. Um, so the movie is about Marco and his rise of helping break all these bands and supporting these artists and then ultimately his fall. And, um, and then his attempt to reinvent himself in this new world where the music industry has changed, radio is not what it was. Um, so just trying to find his way, uh, in, like I said, in this new world and, and, and overcoming a lot of uh, obstacles and challenges along his way. Yeah, and one of the obstacles I was watching the documentary and I thought it was, it was just really deep because um, even just the upbringing of, of being bullied and, and things like that and, and you actually watching people say that certain songs truly change their lives and their experiences. Um, why would this story so important for you to tell? Yeah, so I wasn't familiar with Marco before I kind of found this story. Um, I, ca I came to realize later, like my wife and friends of mine grew up listening to him, but I didn't really know it at the time when I, um, when I heard his story, but what I, it all started with the music like this. He, he was breaking the music that I was, that I loved when I was a kid that I grew up with that really helped me and helped, you know, make me who I am. Like I was a big music fan. So that was like my entry point. Like, wow, there was this one guy that like pressed play on all this music that I love. I, I had no idea. And then when I started getting into his story and his background and his upbringing, and like you said, being bullied as a kid, being, um, you know, I don't think he knew that he was necessarily a gay man when he, you know, when he were boy, when he was really young, but he felt, he felt something. He didn't know how to articulate that. And he really had a tough, upbringing with his dad his dad wanted kind of like a masculine um jock son yeah. and you know his dad was a police officer and like a, a man's man and marco uh -oh. was the creative artistic and you know wanted to paint his fingernails and things and his dad just didn't understand that and so you know you have that upbringing and then he wanted to be a radio dj he, he loved music he wanted to be on the radio and he was in rock radio and as he's coming up in you know, like the eighties, the bands that are on the radio are, you know, they kind of represented um, homophobia and it was just, and so he's, he's trying to navigate that at the time as a closeted man. And then, um, and then Nirvana comes out and Kurt Cobain is saying, you know, if you are homophobic, you don't buy our records, don't come to our shows. We want nothing to do with you. And Marco is not only helping break them to the masses, but they're helping him feel like he's like who he is, is, is important, you know, and it's not less than than he was like, he was always made to feel as he was growing up. So um, I just saw all those things like his, 
his journey, um, you know, how he started and what he went through. And to me, it just, it, it meant for, uh, or made for a really great story. And I, and I actually got into this thinking, not really thinking of it as a documentary, but thinking of it that I'd write a script. And, um, and it kind of just evolved from there and, you know, ended up being something I thought, well, this would actually maybe be a better documentary, mm-hmm. um, which I still think it could be a fun, you know, narrative film too, but maybe, maybe down the road. Most, most certainly, especially, I mean, it's so cool that you guys really dug in, like you took out the old VHS tape and um, it, was, it was definitely a pleasure to watch and just, I mean, just being behind the scenes and seeing what a person who is creating a show goes through. Yeah. He, it, 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 it's really, I, I definitely appreciate the, this art piece. And I mean, how did you guys connect eventually? Um, you know, it's funny. We, we, our relationship was interesting because um, during the, I think a lot of it too goes back to just like his trust factor of things that he went through, you know, as he was growing it up, or up and everything. And he, I think we gained his trust at the beginning and he understood what we were trying to do and he was all for it. But there was still kind of like, a little layer that we had a tough time kind of um, one, one last layer of stripping off. And we ended up getting it at the very end. Like it was like the last interview we did with him. Um, Cause I think in his mind, he was going all the way, you know, he was going a hundred percent, giving everything that he had and, and he was committed to doing that. And then when we were watching, you know, my editor and I watching like the rough cuts, we just kind of got this sense. Like, I think, you know, we might need a little bit more, like a little more vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And which I think surprised him. He's like, I'm giving you everything that I have. And he was able to go there. You know, he's an entertainer himself. He's a fan of um, film and independent film. And I think he realized like, okay, well, if they're telling me that, you know, there's a little bit more to give and it's going to make for a better film, then, then I'll do it. Even if it, you know, kind of hurts talking about this stuff and it's painful to revisit. So um, definitely, you know, appreciate him for doing that. That's for sure. Yes, most certainly. And I mean, it's just interesting because a lot of, I feel people who are in the position that he and I are in, those stories tend to get pushed to the shelves and ignored. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, so even back then, he created a variety show and, and had all of these different elements in, in his show, which was very entertaining. And I'm, I just always just think like, wow, what a time that was. And for him to be able to try to condense all who he was um it, it's great that you guys well, yeah and that's what attracted me to the story too is that you know we've heard we've seen the stories or read the stories whatever about like the musicians the bands the, the you know the filmmakers artists or whatever but who are like the curators who are the other people that are really helping right. them get out there you know and and you can take away a lot of these little things and, and you would hope, you know, musicians might think like, well, the music was just so great. It's like, yeah, maybe, but there's, there's a lot of other things at play too that are part of this process. So I love the idea of kind of coming out, like, tell, like telling the story about a lot of these bands that I really love, but from a different perspective of somebody like Marco, this radio DJ that was so important at the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, just going back to when you first started, like what got you into writing? When did you first start writing and have the eye for directing? Um, 
I came at it a little bit later. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't like grow up wanting to do this kind of thing. I didn't really maybe even, you know, growing up in Eastern Washington never occurred to me that that was something that'd be possible. But um, my stepbrother actually did grow up wanting to do this. And he, he got, he, after college, he moved to LA and, you know, did the whole thing where he was PA and moved on up on projects. Then he directed a film in like 2006 with, um, called Americana with Dennis Hopper, Joshua Jackson. And so he got into it there and then start, you know, kind of had a career. And in 2010, I had been, um, you know, graduate from college, had been in sales and sales management and just not enjoying what I was doing and decided one day, okay, I'm going to be done with this. And I didn't even really at the time know what we wanted, to, what I wanted to do. My wife and I traveled for a little bit and yeah. we came back and my brother and I, who, you know, the filmmaker brother, Kevin, uh, we started making a documentary in Haiti. And that was kind of like my film school in a way. And it was that process in like 2010, 2011, where I really caught the bug and um, found this story of the glamour and the squalor and pursued that. And I've just been doing it ever since. So it's just one of those things where like, once I kind of got into it, it made so much sense. And I've been just, uh, ever since then, it's been about just trying to keep being able to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you guys started filming this in, was it in 2015? No, so actually it got, so right now we're celebrating a five-year uh, anniversary of sorts and it's being re-released. We just put out the soundtrack and the score on vinyl. Uh, so it came out in 2016. Um, okay. it, it was 10 years ago when I actually had the idea. 2011 was like the first idea for it, started wow. developing it. And then I would say like in 2013 is when, 12 and 13, I guess, is when we really started like making it. Like we raised some money yeah. and we started going out there. But, um, you know, and I still remember too, like when the first day with my editor, when we sat down and I thought we were just going to start editing mm -hmm. and, you know, and he taught me so much and just the process of like, no, we're going to spend like the first month and a half um, transcribing interviews, highlighting the interviews, organizing it into themes and there was things that I still do today and that I also teach um, a film class too and that I teach my students and I had no idea you know and and um and, and then realizing too that okay like we still have a lot to shoot I thought we were done shooting no we got a lot to shoot because of the way that we started putting it together yeah uh, so yeah I mean it was like I said it started in 2011 the idea and then like I guess it was 2012 we started making it and then yeah I had a premiere in 2015 did all the festivals and everything and then got released in 2016 but april 2016 so it's a true five year yeah right now. that's amazing because now your show your documentary it get a chance it, i feel like it has a second chance at life um, yeah it's... a lot of people are talking about it and um and i always feel that you know there's a reason it's even for everything and it's so appropriate for today, for what's happening now and the conversations that are being sparked. So yeah, I think it's still you know I would I would hope it would uh, you know a movie would hold up after five years. It's not it's not like it's been thirty <laughs> years or something. But I was you know it'd been a while since I'd seen it. I, I, you know five years ago I had the movie memorized and had seen it so many times and I had to kind of you know scroll back through a little bit and I was like oh this you know good it, like I didn't do anything that I'm embarrassed about now in the film like it totally That's holds great. up. It, you know, it's the messages that I was hoping to be out there. And it is cool that it's having a second life, you know, and we still, you know, it had a nice release and people saw it and everything, but, um, but it, you know, it wasn't like in the mainstream or anything. So it's cool that it's becoming, you know, it's, it's having a chance to be known again and people are finding it through the soundtrack and yeah. um, it's just been a lot of fun to, to revisit Absolutely. it. Now, where, what can we expect from you now? What can we expect from you next moving forward? 
Um, so the, the next immediate thing is I've got a movie that I've been working on for also for five years, five years, pretty much ever since this one, uh, called Clay Dream. It's about the father of claymation, Will Vinton. Um, Will is known for creating the California Raisins, uh, the Domino, Pizza Noid, um, all these claymation characters from the 80s and 90s. He worked with Michael Jackson. Um, won an Oscar nominated for four. So it's his also kind of rise and fall and reinvention story as well, building his company from his basement to a $35 million a year company. And then having it kind of taken away from him by Phil Knight from Nike uh, ended up investing and then taking over the company. So um, really excited for people to see that it'll be premiering in June, hopefully to be out this year. And then um, just a handful of other projects that are in development. And, um, you know, we, we kind of, with my wife and 10-year-old son, we have a little family studio and we put out two books last year. My son, 10-year-old, 10 10 he put out, a, published a book, an ABC oh, book. Wow, that's so, amazing. Uh, yeah, it's exciting times. Tell people what is the name of it. So the, the book is called Bands by Jude. So it's his favorite bands, ABC. His name's Jude. So it's just bandsbyjude.com. And um, it's been a lot of fun putting that book out, yeah. And how can people also attend your classes, um, other potential students? Yeah, so right now that's, it's part of Olympic College. It's a college, um, there's three locations in this area in Bremerton, Washington, Shelton, Washington, and um, uh, Paul's. I think Pulse is the other location. So um, it's a college course. Um, there, there, I would eventually like to potentially do something too, just kind of like my own kind of classes once I you know, have more, a um, little bit more experience under my belt as well too. But I love teaching at the college, at Olympic College. It's a great program. And it's probably the most affordable four-year uh, filmmaking degree in the country. Um, so it's exciting. We're, it's growing like crazy. And we're trying to also get the word out about that too, that Olympic College and and you can do it. Um, you know, we're, we're still online right now now but it's it's kind of a hybrid online and in person yeah now what can you say to those who are trying to get where you are um in the film industry uh, what, what, what is something that you can say to those people that I, I just think you've got to make your thing by any means necessary and um there's so many excuses we can make as far as and, and they're legit you know don't have the money don't think you have the time don't think you have the resources but you just have to make your film. You know, if you're a first timer, like, you know, I'm thinking about like how obsessed I was about the glamour and the squalor of getting it made. And it took longer because we didn't have, you know, all the money that we needed or whatever, but um, you just got to be, you know, get crafty and, and do it. And if that means you've got to do a lot of stuff yourself and wrangle friends and work, you know, nights and weekends or whatever it is, you know, there's really, no, nobody you're not it's not gonna be easy so you just got to do it and i think a lot of people i see just kind of like putting it off and, and all you know students that i work with as part of you know the college here i hear a lot from them about like why they can't really do their thing it's just like you just have to like yeah. if you really want to do this you've just got to do it and i have to remind myself of that too I'll, I'll you know have a bunch of content and i'm like and maybe there's like there's there's a great book um the the war of art and it's all about overcoming your resistance and your fears of actually doing the work and um, so I think we just got to kind of uh, face it and, and, and say, if, if I want to be creative, if I want to do this, like I've got to do it. Nobody's going to do it for you, you know, so. Absolutely. You just that, is a, that is such a great message to everyone. So thank you. And thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, th thank you for having me, Stephen. It appreciate was a pleasure. It. Thank you, uh, Annie. Thank you so much. I'll send you the link. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you.